Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking the time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings, a.k.a. thoroughbred racing. My favorite thing to do besides eat and sleep. Maybe it's a three-way trifecta tie. Preakness 136 in the books. And what a shocker it was. Winning Ponies rolling right along as we make our way around the first turn and head down the back stretch of the year and start looking for the Belmont Stakes. But before we get cooking, you can peruse the big ends as the easy win forms have been doing very well. With a pick six at Belmont on Sunday for over 14,000, 14 large, 14 big dimes. Pretty sweet. A little pick six action. Belmont, Sunday, 14,000. Could have been you. Hope it was. Color-coded tier levels, easy to use. Speed rating for this race and a composite figure for the last three turf ratings. Handy icons, because they always help me in remembering what I wanted to bring out of this race with me, uh, three-year-old versus older, nice work, et cetera, et cetera. Handy icons, very nice, detailed action. As mall nature has been a real bitch as of late, you may have to hit the change of weather tab for a new set of easy wind forms. Mother nature has been very, very tough in the Midwest and Kentucky area. Lots of rain, lots of rain everywhere. We got blogs, stories, free selections, and the most effective data around. Check out www.winningponies.com. Stop gambling, start winning, and get on board. It's never too late. We're going to do a little recap tonight. We're going to talk some biggins. Got a couple stories. Collins Ghost was on fire. I love that site. Really good site to check out. Anything horse racing, we have to support each other. We can hang together or hang separately. They can just catch us all and just say, we don't like it, and chip away at us, or we can just hang together and just make our stand. I think racing is on the way up, and we're going to be getting to that here shortly. This week's guest is good guy trainer of King Kanji, a horse called Bertrani. That's right. Can you guess? Can you guess now? Mr. Tom Albatrani is going to be joining us. And that was Bernardini, not Albatrani. Bernardini, one of my faves. You notice some of your faves are the ones that uh, you actually cash some tickets on. Well, did not disappoint Bernardini. Looking forward to lots of little ones. News from the world of racing and final furlong handicapping. 
and we're, we're going to have to get it going here. And, you know, even though it's in the past, we got to talk about it because the world has been talking about it. The Preakness Grade 1 at Pimlico, a million five on the line, a lot of bonuses to be had. And the winner going to Shackleford, wire-to-wire wins by half a length. Jesus Castanon, who was our guest, and Dale for Dale Romans, who was our guest, and holds off the fast-closing Animal Kingdom, uh, looked, looked, if this is ever a story of, of, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, was washed out on the track. That, that means just really soaked, excited, really leaving the race in the, on the, uh, the paddock post-parade. Looked awful coming out on the track. I mean, you know, well-groomed, et cetera. The jockey was ready. But, I mean, outwardly sweating like that really left you uh, scratching your head. But Shackford hanging on Animal Kingdom second, running out to try astrology was third. Then we got the Dixie, a grade two at Pimlico, $200,000. Patio Prado goes right to the wire. Kent the Sarmo for Dale Romans. What a day he had. But Patty is now put on the shelf. I can't wait to see little Patties running around. That's the best part about the game. Just about when uh, the horses retire, hopefully they make their way to the shed, and then we can see the babies for years to come. Patty Prado wins by a length and a half. Barishnikov was second, and Bim Bam finished out the try. Then the My Lady Handicap, a grade two at Hollywood Park for $150,000. Well, that's a lot of money. Ultra Blend was a winner for David Flores for Art Sherman. Didn't get to see the race. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at it. You have to pay attention to California. You will get some prices if you look. You can get them anywhere if you look, but California has always had my name on it. I need to do extra homework there. Shuvie Handicap, grade two at Belmont, $147,000. Halston Maria is the winner. J.J. Castellano for Todd Pletcher with absent in mind in second. And Spa City Prince is rounding out the try. Then we got the Hashin Cup, a grade three at Arlington, $100,000 for grabs. Working for Hops is the winner. Pacific Ocean second. And Havelock rounds out the try. Working for Hops, written by James Graham for Mike Stidham. Very nice indeed. Grade 3 Railbird at Hollywood Park for $100,000. May Day Rose was the winner. Joe R. Rosario and Bullet Bob Baffert winning by three and a quarter lengths. Big Tiz is in second. Rounding out the try. Pedal of the metal. He's hanging in for the trifecta. Then we got the Allaire DuPont Distaff, a grade 3 at Pimlico. Winner is Super Expresso. Ramon Dominguez, Todd Pletcher. Peyton Diarra, second. Life and Ted rounding out the try. Maryland Sprint at Pimlico, a grade 3, 100 grand. Ventana is the winner. Martin Gassar, Garcia and Bullet Bob Baffert wins by a dirty neck. Immortal Eyes and China rounds out the place and show. The Galleret at Pimlico, a grade 3 event. Winner is No Explaining. Johnny Velasquez for Roger Atfield from way up north, winning by a solid length. Donna Walsh was second, and Desert Sage rounds out the trifecta. And then the last of our, last but not least, I should say, of our recap of races from last week, the William Donner Schaefer Memorial is a grade three event there. Pimlico, you got to be liking that for $100,000. You get a part, a part paying a nice, sweet little price. Points by Annette Garrett Gomez for Al Stahl Jr. Coliseo is second in Ichabrod Crane rounds out the trifector. So I kind of like that going in, that uh, I did have a, a good day. I can't say that I had Shackford, but I'm starting to find it out that more and more had more people at Shackford. He shouldn't have been 12 to 1. He should have been 5 to 2. A lot, of, a lot of people getting tossed up in the hype. Come on, take your beating like I did. All right. 
Talking about something sweet here on May 20th, Friday, there are 139 total biggins of Mountaineer races 5 through 10. A pick six, 5,149.60. Definitely hope you're aboard on that one. Saturday, May 21st, 181 total biggins. Thistle Downs race for a Superfecta key, $16,919.60. Sunday, May 22nd, 106 total biggins. Belmont. Pick six time races five through ten, fourteen thousand five seventy two. Even you gotta love it up in New York. Tuesday, May twenty fourth, fifty nine total biggins. Prairie Meadows leads a back race of six through nine. Yep, that's a pick four for one thousand six hundred and seventy nine dollars. Wednesday, May twenty fifth, fifty two total biggins. Charlestown races six through nine. If you had this pick four. Please sit down. $42,868.40. Thursday, May 26th, called a race five of Superfecta was worth $1,166.60, and racing is still taking place. So we haven't put an end to the end of this uh, the end of this sentence by any means. It's been a great weekend of last, and this weekend only presses on. And we've got a gentleman on hold, and we're going to be getting to him momentarily. And you talk about pressing on. I think he's got a nice runner, and he's had nice runners, and he's probably got more than we know. And we really look forward to speaking to Mr. Tom Abitrani. He's online. We're going to be getting to him here right after we do just a, a wee bit more, so that gives Tom a chance to get a sip of coffee there. And I was gonna, I was reading something here, and I love the thoroughbred racing history angle in a, a neat little site. As I said, as as any type of racing entity, you have to support each other and read each other's work. And you know, it kind of leads to more of a fraternal and/or sorority organization per se. Collins goes thoroughbred racing history, Preakness Day, 2011. He said, for a fan, there's nothing like race day, even with a hand ringing over this week's week three-year-old crop have to agree that I've seen stronger, but it's still contentious. It was it. That's a better's dream right there. There's prices galore. Now, what more do you want? But the three-year-old crop, you didn't have secretary, but you know what? That's what makes a special one special. But it was still a very content. It was anybody's race at any time, and that's sometimes the best part of it. And those in the House of Pimlico for Prudeness in 2011 had a memorable day, including the writer of this Beautiful article, had the opportunity to participate in Maryland's biggest day of racing. Said it was his first trip back to Preakness since 06. And he watched, he, he took it all in, which I think is really cool. You know, he watched from the infield, the winter circle, the grandstand, hanging around the stakes barn as the horses were coming over. I mean, you talk about some of the greatest sights that you ever will see. He said he didn't catch a single ticket all day, even though he nailed the trifecta, the Dixie. But he lost money at the wagering winners, but it's a small price to pay for the experience a witnessing a Triple Crown race live. I, I can't agree with it more. So it says, what do you want about, you know, to say about this year's marketing? That's up to you. The people at Maryland and the Maryland Jockey Club put on a good show for racing and non-racing fans alike. While the music and marketing for the infield scene was, was very little interest to him, it was easy to see the appeal for a certain segment of the population who are more familiar with the party scene rather than the trifectas. But you know that's that's the you know the difficult part of racing has to reinvent itself, and you know they they couldn't have told you who won the Preakness, but they could tell you how many they possibly may have had if they woke up in the morning. He said sixty bucks for music, a social scene, a refillable mug of beer was a pretty good deal. Seemed like a large majority of the infield crowd cared a little about watching or betting, but that's what it's for. 
and that's an area for them. And he only saw a few monitors for watching the races. But once again, it's not who it's for. If getting in as many yahoos to party in the infield helps racing, which it does, then let the fans complain on how about they market it. Kudos to the Maryland Jockey Club for pulling off what turned off to be a wildly successful event. Heard nothing but wonderful things about it, and he took some great images. Go to Collins Ghost, check it out, and uh, I think you're going to be a little bit surprised on some of the historical stuff there. Also learned this week, uh, it was Joe Palmer on the Lost Preakness that, you know, I thought that pretty much they had it all ironed out there. It said he wrote about the origins of a current history of the big race in Baltimore, but it turned out the official number of Preakness runnings changed in 1948, over half a century after the running, when Dave Woods from the Public Relations Department at the Maryland Jockey Club discovered a race of the same name being run in New York between 1894 and 1908. During the same period, the Preakness was not run in Baltimore. So when the so-called Lost Preakness races were found, it created an awkward moment. A lot of people, a lot of different thoughts on that. But the Lost Preakness, it just wasn't all about Baltimore. Once upon a time, it was the Big Apple. Well, it is time to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with this week's special guest, Mr. Tom Albatrani. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports
to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, here on Winning Ponies. We appreciate you checking out our site, and without you, there'd be no us. And once again, thank you. It is segment number two, and time for our special guest of the week. This week, no different. This week is a very intriguing gentleman, and I'll tell you what, I really was enjoying chatting with him offline, and we're going to enjoy chatting with him here live as we all learn about Mr. Tom Albatroni. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for taking the time out of uh, family life and or whatever you're doing, uh, no matter what it be. Yeah, thanks for taking your time to be with us this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Tom, as, as I usually kick off with people because uh, it's one of those, uh, you kind of grease the wheels and you get it, get it moving and get it rolling, kind of let our listeners know, tell them a bit about how you found your way to being a professional trainer. Um, at the age of 13, I, uh, I was kind of attracted to the horses. My, my uncle was a trainer back then, and uh, he used to bring me out on the weekends uh, or during school breaks and summers. Uh, take me out to Belmont and just kind of taught me the ropes of, you know, working my way from hot walker to groom and, you know, just kind of really give me a good uh, basics of, of learning to be, be around with the horses. I don't think there's ever a wasted moment being around a horse myself. I, I don't know if it was Winston Churchill. I be, it may have. If it wasn't, it should have been. There's something about the good about the outside of a horse that's really good for the inside of a man. Exactly, exactly. You're kind of drawn to it, and once you get into your blood, it's like you just can't, you can't get away from them. In, in racing, in, as a trainer, and it may even be in your personal life, but, you know, that, that's for your, your whole card to, to keep. Who has been your biggest influence, if, if you could name one and or two, ne- never sliding anyone? Well, naturally, from the beginning, you know, working with my uncle, uh, Jack Marco, he was like a big influence in my life, you know, got me started, got me involved um, right from the beginning. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to ride races early in my uh, life when I was still in my early teens. And uh, I started uh, galloping horses when I was 18 and uh, started riding races at the age of 20. So uh, him and uh, Bill Mott was a, another big influence in my life. He He really put the polishing touches on me through my years as an assistant trainer with him for over nine years, I worked for Bill, and he's he, to me he's just one of the top top class trainers uh, we have in the in the country. So he was a big influence as well. You know, doing the math backwards, it sounds like you're a long stayer with people. You're just not a, a transient cup week worker and move on to the next barn, the next one, the next one. It seems like you stay with good people that have actually well, given you a great foundation. Exactly. And I also, Mark Cassie was also another big influence. I first started working for. His father, when I, I first got out of high school, breaking horses on Norman Cassie's farm, and I got to know Mark. At that time, Mark was only 15, and he also got involved in training horses when he was 18. And uh, believe it or not, we kind of met up later in our lives. We became good friends, and Mark was training, and I was riding, and I actually went and joined him uh, in Kentucky, where I was still riding some races, and 
it was actually Mark that uh, talked me into becoming an assistant trainer for him and, and, and give up my riding at that time because I was having trouble with my weight. And Mark just said, look, you know, why don't you just become an assistant trainer? And, and, uh, and he kind of took me under his wings and uh, everything just kind of went from there. That is that that is really really an, an in-depth side of you that uh, you know uh, people couldn't guess it on Jeopardy for any amount of money in the world, which is which is really really interesting. Also, something right. I, I was I was I was learning a bit from you was about your training in Dubai, and you know if for you know just from a layman standpoint, I would have to say it's a great learning venture. The intense heat, uh, you were assistant trainer for uh, Saeed Ben Savour in the Gaddafin Racing Operation. Tell us a little bit about your Dubai experience. Uh, Dubai was just a, a great experience. Um, I I spent eight years over there. I was working for trainer Bill Mott at the time, and I got a, a call from. Um, uh, Simon Crisford, who was the uh, racing manager for Godolphin, and uh, we kind of met on a couple of occasions in the States, and they were looking for someone to be uh, an assistant trainer over in Dubai, and uh, I, I pr- had a pretty good reputation with, with Bill Mott at the time, so they, they asked me if I would want to join their operation overseas, and it was uh, just a, a great experience. I, 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 was, I was really uh, pleased to get the have the privilege of going overseas and, and working in England for uh, six months out of the year. Then we would take the horses to Dubai for six months out of the year. And it was just uh, an overall great experience to be around. I mean, tremendous horses, Dubai Millennium, Fantastic Light, Delami. I mean, just, I mean, the list could go on and on, uh, the type of horses that we were around at that time uh, in, in, in eight years I've been associated with them. You know, I, I made mention because I was interested in seeing if they actually had one in. And uh, in the Sheepshead Bay at New York, uh, Belmont, on Saturday, I believe, I hope I don't butcher it, Habayeb? Habayeb uh, um, is the two-to-one favorite. When was that? It, it's going to be this Saturday, the Sheepshead Bay at uh, Belmont. Oh, right. And Habayeb, is, I believe, is the two-to-one favorite, if I memory serves me correct. Is that a, that's for Godolphin? Yes, for Godolphin. I, I was taking a look at it, and uh, actually, they're, they're running on the turf. And uh, you know, I, I I don't even what maybe I was reading uh, reading about you, and I wanted to check just to see if Godolphin. I didn't even know if you uh, knew they had one in the big race that day. No, I wasn't even aware of that. Well, I'll tell you what. Now we've got a rooting interest for the both of us, Tom. <laughs> you're, you're you're known you're known for King Kanji as of right now because racing's of the moment. History doesn't kick in till it's nice and quiet, and you're sitting around the stove. But before we get into you know King Kanji, you know, and, and uh, coming about and catching your eye, you train one of my favorites with Bernardini to win the Preakness and the Traverse Stakes. Right. Well, Bernardini was such a exciting horse to be around he's he's a horse that comes around <laughs> once every so often and uh, i was very very lucky to have him land in my barn uh as a two-year-old um and he he made his first start as a three-year-old and um he just you know got better and better and it was just exciting to have a, a horse of that caliber in, in in the barn i can remember it just seems like it's yesterday and uh, i know it just, <laughs> doesn't seem like it was that far far ago it it just flies by, and I and I said off uh, off air. I said, you know, I'm getting older. <laughs> I, I can't speak for you, but I know that I am because it just seems like it was uh, just last week that I remember Bernadini there. I know it was just uh, it doesn't seem that that long ago exactly. Well, it's still a great memory. 
King Kanji, talking about uh, the present, the future, and whatever hold the cards hold. A cold uh, name for the truly respected gentleman who's no longer with us, Mr. Kanji DeVito, who worked for the West Point Thoroughbred uh, family. I remember when you were you, you entered a Turfway Park in the Vinery and scratched, uh, you know, it must have been the bluegrass, or, or maybe you knew something coming in. The King Kanji had the stuff that, you know, is really starting to mature nicely. Well, he... Um broke his mate in, in, in the, his first turf start, and, um, you know, he didn't show us a whole lot on the dirt the first two races, and uh, his, his maiden went on the turf was very impressive, so we, we thought, you know, we'd take a chance with him and run him in the Tropical Park Derby, and he was, again, very impressive there, so we now we thought we really had, you know, something special here, a horse that's two for two on the turf, and we ran him back again in the Hallandale Beach race where he was actually disqualified after bumping into Brilliant Speed, my other horse. And um, things, it was a strange thing. We took him to Turfway Park. He was doing really well. And um, he trained over to, over to Polytrack just the day before the, the, the race at Turfway. And he must have just pulled a muscle. And um, we actually just had to scratch him. It was uh, a, minor, a minor thing that happened. But uh, you know, we weren't looking into... Uh, changing our course and not running him in there. We just, it was just one of those things where he, he maybe just took a bad step uh, the day before the race, and we, we, we took him out of that race, and we just uh, went along with our plans uh, for the Bluegrass, which would have been his, his next start anyway. So we just moved forward with that plan, and he ran, he ran really well. Again, he was only beating two heads. Uh, his stablemate ended up winning the race, and he was just shy of two heads that day. So we really thought we had a... a pretty special horse there too i've got kanji on the mind but in fact i'd be remiss if i didn't mention brilliant speed in a kentucky derby and you finished an up close seventh with joel rosario a race that was actually better than what showed on paper he ran really well that day you know we didn't get the dream trip uh he was back a little further than we uh, would have liked to be going into the first turn and uh he had a wide trip as well coming into the home stretch, so he really ran a big race. He was beaten only five lengths for the the whole thing, and uh, you know you, you got to have that dream trip in, in, in that type of race. So, uh, but he showed us a lot of promise. You know, we have some other options. We're now looking at the Belmont Stakes with him as well. Well, I mean, everything I've heard about the Belmont, great runners you know, can get lost in those big sweeping turns. Is this something that they have to ship in early and be prepared for? Well, you know, our home base is Belmont, so he's familiar with the with the ground, and uh, he trains well over the surface. He's He's got a great pedigree to go the mile and a half. And the way he closed in the Derby, you know, gives us a lot of hope that he could definitely be a, a main contender in the Belmont. Has the back bloodlines for that uh, mile and a half, grueling mile and a half? Exactly. So, you know, on the, his pedigree, it, it, he has a lot of stamina uh, from a Gone West mare to uh, his sire Dynaformer. So we're we're not too too worried about uh, him getting the distance. Again, you know, we, we took our shot in the derby not knowing if he was going to like the, the dirt, you know, coming off of his turf races, but he made that transition from the turf to the poly track when he won the bluegrass. So his, the next step would have been the dirt, which uh, he gave us some, some uh, hope that, you know, maybe he, he will go take to the, to the dirt as well. So the Belmont's still going to be, uh, you know, kind of a trial and error kind of thing. But uh, the way he's been training over it, I, I have a lot of expectations and a, a lot of, uh, 
I'm very optimistic that he's going to handle the, the dirt. Well, I, I don't want to uh, cast anything of any direction in your way. We spoke to Graham Motion uh, a few months uh, before his first Saturday in May. We had on Jesus Castan on as our last guest. So best of luck to you when you're uh, when you're when you're looking for bigger and better things down the road. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of fun and opportunity with you know chatting with some of the names in racing and and now adding you to the wall of uh, the wall of fame is always a lot of fun. Tom, final question. We always finish up with the fast five. It's five questions. It's like Jeopardy without all the the money or the, or the pressure and you don't have to call anybody or but you know it can be finished up with a yes or no or a brief answer. Are you ready for your five? Okay, let's go. All right, here we go. In Dubai, is racing one of the most popular sports to watch? Yes, uh, especially on World Cup night. I think everyone is tuned into the races on that particular day. I was very fortunate to be with Godolphin winning that race five times while I was overseas. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, we had a really good run. Well, I would have to say that that you know that that makes it even even that much more special when when you're when you're doing what you love. But then when you're successful at doing what you love, that that makes it even even more so. Question two: yeah. Would you, would you like to go back instead of shop again in Dubai? Um, I would love to go there to visit uh, and participate in the races on World Cup night. Um, I don't think I would you know would eventually set up shop there, but. I would always uh, be uh, privileged to get another opportunity to go over there and just be, and participate in some of the racing there. What a grand day that they actually put together. Uh, your, right. your favorite uh, Question three is your favorite meal in New York anywhere. You've got an unlimited budget. You're on your own cable network. What's your favorite meal in New York? Uh, definitely Italian. Um, yeah. It kind of goes back, I guess, to my roots, but uh, it would definitely be Italian. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll find you in Little Italy somewhere then. Yeah, question, exactly. <laughs> question number four. I, I keep reading more about this, and and there's a hotbed issue by some in racing. It seems like those voices are really loud, and it's uh, it's talking about the medication examination. And uh, do you see this as an issue that's going to be acted upon, or it's just going to be kind of strung over the rest of racing as we know it? No, I think they're going to be taking a, a long, deep look into the medication rules. I think it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, certain medications I, I do think we need to stick with, uh, most, most, most of all Lasix, which I think it's something that uh, it just helps a horse uh, prevent them to bleed. But I think there's some other medications that we could definitely eliminate. Uh, like overseas, we, uh, we were not permitted to use a lot of different uh, drugs, and um, I think if it's if it could be done there, it could be done here as well. So I think they're going to take a good look at our medication rules and regulations. Very interesting and and very helpful for uh, knowing about the future. Fifth question: If you could tell a young and up and coming trainer a couple tidbits of advice, what would they be? Just um, you know, work at what you love to do best, and um, you know, uh, try to get as much experience as you can from uh, other other trainers, and just try to learn the best you can, and and pick up certain things, and uh, just just uh, work hard at it. And uh, w- eventually, in time, you you do you do get better. 
words of wisdom, and I hope they paid heed for that. Tom, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for your time this evening. We wish you and yours the best on and off the track. Best of luck. We'll be looking for you in the winner's circle. Hopefully, we'll keep that Winning Ponies good luck going for you. Tom, thanks for uh, joining us this evening. All right. Thank you very much. All right, it is time to head into a break, Mr. Tom Albertroni. Nice guy. He just you could just tell he was just he was for real and a very nice guy. Head out uh time to head out for our first break when we or next break I should say. Third break, and then when we re return, we're gonna be talking about the news and racing and some final for long handicapping here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional. Take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with ed meyer and welcome back to winning ponies once again i'm ed meyer Thank you for taking your time to be with us. Hope you caught Tom Albatroni, nice guy. He just seemed to be really, really genuine and spoke from the heart. I, I chatted with him off air uh, a few times this week and, and seems to be a very nice gentleman indeed. So you may but be watching his runners even more so. And we've had the, the good luck from Winning Ponies rubbing off on some connections. The Grand Motions took a little time to get there. We sent it uh, snail mail. 
but it took a little time to get there, but got there just the same. And how about Jesus Gaston upsetting aboard Shackleford? Except if you ask the 5,000 people that I surveyed, and they all had Shackleford. Hmm. Makes me wonder. Makes me wonder. Makes me wonder about this when I was reading this from News and Racing, Emerald Downs. Now, everybody's heard of the Groupon. Yeah, basically, in a nutshell. You pay a little, you get added value, or pay a little, get a lot. You know, we, you know, we're looking at something here where 10,626 people bought Emerald Downs. They get kudos of the week for doing it right. $10 for admission, a program, and $10 for the food and snacks up to a 1950 value. It was for 10 bucks. You got admission, program, food and drink. I mean, how neat was that? 10,626 people bought into it. The power of Groupon. <laughs> really, when I saw that, that was just terrific. Kudos to the week, Emerald Downs. Final Preakness ratings show increase. Despite the initial figures, the ratings for Saturday's Preakness broadcast on NBC were down. The final viewership released Tuesday. After result of the photo, the network showed installed that most viewers watched the TV program more this year then last year, up 5% over last year's 8.4, so there was 8.8 million. They did well with a, with a 13. I, I think that's pretty good. Long story short, they did very well. People are starting to watch racing again. And if you're watching a race, you saw a little horse called Shackleford win the Preakness. And I caught this here as I was perusing the New York Post, and it says, Shack Surprise whips betters. Now, according to Ray Carrison of this uh, New York Post, you know, he says, Wall Street Sharpies like to say the trend's your friend. So many of us went to Pimlico wondering what surprise would jump up and bite the Preakness. Sure enough, the bloodbath trend of the season, a 12-to-1 pop named Shackleford defied the record stopping like a $2 watch in the stretch, dug down like a Marine who fought off all the challengers and collected the money. Hence, long story short, Shackover wire to wire. Pimlico known for known for its speed for many years and how it really does well. Now this was something I didn't know I didn't think in my heart we would take off, but maybe I'm not the right demo they're looking for. I don't think that I am. Cagasus does part to boost the preakness. Now if you saw the half man half horse, that's really cute. He's got the long hair. It's it's really neat. If you're about twenty two, you thought it was great. It says two days following the preakness at Pimlico Racecourse, uh, jockey club president Tom Chukas admitted a large part of this year's infield success rested on the shoulders of its centaur mascot, Kegasus. He was created to reach out once again to touch the 20 to 25-year-olds and basically speak their language and did that very well. He did a wonderful job. You know, like it, like it or not, Kegasus, it served its purpose for the pregnancy. It's more about the party versus actually there for the races. If they catch a race, that's wonderful. But they're not going to go out of their way not to let it rub off on them. Here's something I'd like rubbing off on me. Some good luck here. Blackjack. An ex-Philly Park GM torches Atlantic City for $15 million in the Pollock Report this week. Don Johnson. Well, so I thought he was an actor. Now he's a blackjack player. He said he's a former Philadelphia Park GM and current CEO of Heritage Development, LLC. 
who does computer-assisted wagering and horse races, has reportedly won $15 million playing blackjack at several casinos in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Is uh, All I can say to Kentucky Senate President David, don't call me Blackjack Williams, is eat your heart out. And he's, Johnson has profited in the, in, the, in the press of Atlantic City and the popular off, uh, offbeat sports websites, deadspin.com. He's a well-known figure in horse racing because of his affiliation with rebate operations, large gambling syndicates, and computer-assisted wagering. It says, I'll take luck over any other skill. Johnson was quoted saying about his run of success at the Atlantic City casinos. There's no magic to this. Eventually, somebody would whack them. I'm just glad it was me. So, anyway, man uh, in racing, he's multifaceted. He's also in to 21. Yep, you have to know a little bit more than just counting to 21. I have a few friends that need a little help with that. Baffert's three-year-olds lining up for a big second-half year. As a maiden winner, Midnight Interlude, according to thebloodhorse.com, stepped up to pull a shocker in the Santa Anita Derby. Baffert gave him a couple chances in his first classic. The Son of War chant was disappointing, 16th in the Derby, 13th in the Preakness, but both grade one races. And, and he was such a late bloomer that Baffert's really confident that uh, chances are really going to come his way and drove here. The Derby and Preakness were meant to be for Midnight Interlude, so Baffert will likely try him on the grass. No harm, no foul. Baffer would never admit to this, but realistically, Midnight Interlude was probably not on his Tier 1 list of three-year-olds anyway because some injuries to some and slow-developing nature of others. His top sophomores did not even make it to the first legs, first two legs of the Triple Crown. So a little something for you to uh, chew on there from thebloodhorse.com about Bullet Bob, uh, my man, and, uh, you know, well, what's going on that was uh, Roman's Rise by Eric Mitchell, uh, from, once again from thebloodhorse.com. If you take a look at it, you're going to learn a whole lot more uh, about Dale Romans. Or if you want to go back and just listen to our podcast, you can hear what a great gentleman he was for racing and what a really what a really genuine person he was as far as you know approaching what's happening in racing today. So either which way, you can learn about it there. So that kind of gets you caught up on what's happening in the world of racing. So we're going to head out to a break, and when we return, get your pen and pad ready. It is time. We're going to do some final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. This is our final segment. As we wrap up, we've already talked about the biggins. We've talked about the recap. Mr. Tom Albatrani, great guest. Nice guy. Spoke from the heart. Uh, very genuine. Uh, we, you, you've learned a little bit about news and racing, if you hadn't been keeping up on it or if you just hadn't had time. But now it's time to really get pen in hand. And, you know, let's kind of stretch our legs. We've got two legs of the Triple Crown under our belt looking for the third. There's not going to be a Triple Crown winner this, uh, this year. But, in fact, I think there's value to be had. And we're going to start tomorrow. We're not going to wait uh, for the Belmont. We're going to go to Arlington Park in race number seven. It's a mile and an eighth on the tur- uh, turn, uh, or turf. <laughs> they have two turns on that one. The mile and eighth on the turf with two turns and an optional claiming 40 in this race. I, I was reading this right here, 9-2 for Maggio, the 7. You guys, Julian Leipru for David Carroll teaming up here. And uh, Leipru is a 42% in-the-money turf rider. I really like for Maggio, 9-2. I, I was looking at him all the way here. And I think dropping from optional 80 not to be claimed, and he was heavily bet the son of Dinoformer all the way drowned down to optional claiming 40. I just think that it's just way too much. This four-year-old Colt can just stalk right off the pace and actually has one start in a third-place finish at Arlington at the same level, but that was in August 19th of 2010. I love for Maggio, actually, in this heat. And uh, go ahead and see where it fits in your scheme of things, see where it fits in with all of the, uh, all the easy win uh, predictions here. 
Let's go to the eighth race at Arlington Park, a mile and eighth. Arlington maiden stakes, grade three, $100,000 fillies and mares. You know, I was kind of kind of really pulled with uh, three or four in here. Then one just kind of jumped up and bit me like a snake, and that was the nine upper line. Robbie Alvarado for Mike Stidham. Stidham is winning 27% this year. Got a bit of a filly for the course, three starts, two wins in a second, so three for three at Arlington Park. You know, I really like the way uh, in this Arlington matron here, going a mile and eight, the, the nine fits into the scheme of things. Has more of a stalking uh, a stalking, pouncing look, and, and Mike Stidham, in my opinion, is is a very underrated trainer. But then when you hear 27%, you know, on the year, and he's 53% in the money, that's incredible here. I think upper line in Alvarado really has to be respected here. Then we're going to shift our tack to Belmont in the fifth race. we got a mile and 16th on the turf with turns, a mile and 16th on the turf. And uh, in this race, you know, uh, I, every, t- every time I have to say that I see I see a kitten horse. I, I start leaning exactly the same way you are. This is a starter allowance, fifty thousand here, and I can't believe the price this runner's a three big blue kitten. Yep, by Kitten's Joy, the Ramses were the uh, are, are the owners and the breeders, and Chad Brown is the trainer. Johnny Velasquez is the rider. It seems like an all-star cast, and Big Blue Kitten is just a monster. And and actually, in that, uh, if you go back two races, and that men claiming thirty-five thousand, JJ Castellano just had it all his own way, going a mile and an eighth on a maiden break. Very solid indeed. I see Big Blue Kitten relishing everything about this, uh, and 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 I. I'll tell you what, at four to one, I, I wish you could just bet and lock it in because, I mean, that, that would just be, uh, that would just be, it would seem like you're just uh, holding up someone on the highway. It's, it's awful, but, uh, you know, at four to one, hey, I'll take what the, uh, what the morning line odds maker may, may over or underestimate, I should say. But, uh, you know, at four to one, I, I think this is going to be a big part of my day. Race nine, the Sheep's Head Bay is a grade two. It's a mile and three eighths on the turf. And uh, for, for three year olds, number uh, fillies and mares. And once again, mile and three is on the Weedner turf course. That's the outside turf course. In this race here, this is another big play of my day. I hope it really doesn't pour down rain in New York like it has in Kentucky and the Midwest. I like the six La Luna de Miel. You have Eddie Castro for Graham Motion. Now, I believe every every layman out there knows about Graham Motion, and, and he's been doing very well. If they're two stars with one win, he's 20% on a year, 55% in the money. I think we all know his resume right now. We can we can probably uh, recite it here. You got a nice race. You, you got a nice race with a lot of nice runners here. This four-year-old filly by Monsoon by uh, out of uh, La Hermana really was is is gonna set up just perfect for that mile and a half race in the Bewitch stakes. I went back and watched the race three times. It was a mile and a half on a yielding uh, turf course down at Keeneland. The Bewitch at uh, one it gets wetter and nastier and and soggier when it gets yielding to place more to speed. And uh, this girl was just fighting an incredible bias uh, it, because it really rained during the month of April in Kentucky. And this is a real nice closer indeed. I, I think the Bewitched uh, actually gives her a lot of gas in her tank. And uh, at 5-2, to two, La Luna de Miel uh, really catches my attention for this weekend. I, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun, you know, just uh, just seeing if we can 
pitch something together and, and come out smelling like a rose. Then we shift our tack to Churchill Downs, race number seven, a mile and 16th on the turf, allowance 51,000. I like the two in here, Media Madness, two to one, Jose Liz, kind of for Graham motion. Man knows no boundaries. He's not going to be in just Maryland alone. He's going to be everywhere where the money's at. This is a four-year-old uh, a daughter of Empire Maker uh, who was sold in the sales ring for $200,000. Media Madness uh, really has uh, I, I think it's matured. If you take a look at those last couple of races, motion has a way of patiently just bringing them on at the right time. If you go back three races ago, you see a stellar race in November on the weeds at Churchill Downs. Lescano is a 41% in the money turf rider. Motion, need I say more? Team it up take media madness here and I think that uh, I, I think if you find two to one you, you'd find yourself a pretty lucky uh, uh, lady or, and or gent but you know I see the, I see the public just hammering this one down uh, you might see six to five you might see even money you don't know what you're going to see but I know one thing is for sure that you're not going to see uh, actually who wins the race if you don't uh, if you don't back this runner here or at least have it in your exactness and or how you see things coming together uh, and in at Churchill Downs also uh, uh, one that kind of caught my was the two in the in the in in the eighth or ninth race was uh, crystal or uh, garnet crystals really didn't think a whole lot about that but I really wanted to emphasize race number 10 is the Louisville handicap in musketeer German bread nine to five I saw this one run at Keeneland and it just really made it took my breath away musketeer is just a monster it's a mile and a half uh, uh, nice race Louisville Handicap, Grade 3, and it will be this Saturday. Take a look at the 10 Musketeer. One very sweetly at Keeneland, uh, I believe, out of the 11 post, and you don't see that on the weeds very often. A very nice runner indeed, and the turn of foot actually would have made you take uh, 4 to 5 and like it. Musketeer, real deal, and if you get anything near 9 to 5, take it and run with it there. Hollywood Park, uh, eighth race, uh, the grade two American handicap. Nice race. I like the usual QT, Victor Espinosa for James Cassidy here. Got a horse for a course, this five-year-old gelding by unusual heat. Four starts, two wins, a second and a third. That means four for four in the money at Hollywood. That means a perfect 100%. You got to like the end of money. You got to like the the hometown horses here. This is a mile on the weeds. The last race, a mile and a 16th, and uh, and he was really running in the Inglewood. Uh, it's a nice grade three, heavily bet, $1.90 to one, uh, angled in. It made a nice real bit run against a Liberian fighter and uh, freighter and uh, really did, a, did an incredible job, the usual QT. I like the second off the layoff for James Cassidy, who's 30% in the money on this run here. Espinosa, I, I feel, is just completely... Uh, underrated out there in California. But if you get anything uh, remotely uh, sweet on the usual QT, take it and go with it here. I'm going to try to do something just out of memory alone to see if I can. I'm going to take one at River Downs. It's seventh race, a mile and a 16th on the turf, the $50,000 green carpet. Well, I'd say it's going to be on the turf, but I'd have to say if you made me a bit of Coke, I'd say it's going to actually run on the main dirt track, and that is because if there's a cloud in the sky, they'll pull it right off the weeds, and they will 
secure that turf course. Remember, it is a clay-based, which means when it gets wet, I mean, it gets pretty slick. In, in there, when they actually transfer to the main track, that's what I'm banking on here. I like trophy boy uh, Manny Hernandez for Doug Callens. Doug Callens is an incredible trainer. Two for two, he does so well with the babies. Wins the 50,000 uh, uh, Howard B. Noonan uh, by five lengths, same rider, same trainer. Comes down, shoots a bullet work at River Downs. This guy is as honest as the day is long. 27% a winner on the year, 50 56% in the money. In a River Downs alone, and with the short start of the meet, he's winning by with, with a margin of uh, 20% one clip. He's actually, uh, uh, you know, he's in the money four out of five times. I mean, he, he's a very nice Ohio trainer. I think this guy could could make the step up. If I had to, if I had to put a real thought to it, I had to say they're going to make their way to the main course. If in fact they do, there's going to be plenty of water on it, and these next couple of days will be pinnacle here because I think it is going to rain a bit more. You got a lot of speed from this Colt by medalist uh, and took the lead, assumingly beautiful on a sloppy sealed track at Beulah Park. 22 and one opens up by three going to the second call and was heavily bet off the rail, which at Beulah Park, if you're in the four or five pass, sometimes that might be the best place to be. But Trophy Boy looks like my play if, in fact, they do make their way onto the main course, which I say they will. All right, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week, week was no different. We'd like to thank Winning Ponies. We'd like to thank Mr. Tom Albertrani for lending us his time, insights, and it was a whole lot of fun talking with him. What a gentleman he truly is. Watch his horses. I think you might have one up your sleeve. This guy knows the game inside and out, and especially you for taking time to be with us as we talked about everything, especially handicapping which is always first and foremost in our heart. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.